0: Well, this morning we have uh, Pastor Brad Button with us and uh, he will be bringing the word to us this morning. And uh, 12 years ago, I came to Davidson to work with Brad. I don't know if you know the story, but um, uh, the story of how we got together here in Davison, Brad was in New York. And I was near St. Louis, Missouri, in Greenville, and I was looking for a job. I still don't know how he got my number and my name, but I'm glad he did. And Brad began to call me, and uh, we began a conversation. He would call uh, Once a week, sometimes twice a week, and uh, over the phone, we would talk for a half hour, sometimes 45 minutes. And it was in those times, those times of conversation, that I began to hear Brad's heart and his love for God and for the church, and for serving. And uh, at the end of those conversations, sight, sight unseen, we decided to come to Davison with Brad and his family. But it was because of his heart and his love for God and his love for the church that... We came, and that was almost um, 12 years ago. Brad was here almost 10 years, and then he moved on to work with the Free Methodist Church in the area of missions. And for him, that reflects his heart and desire to serve God and to help others Both locally and around the world to serve God. Brother, it is good to have you Mm -hmm. here this morning. May God bless you and use you as you minister to us from your heart.
1: Thank you. Well, Pastor Gary, thank you for those uh, kind words. I'll give you the $5 afterwards. <laughs> ah, good morning. Good morning. Uh, it's great to worship with you and to have this opportunity to share. Um, the people of this church mean a lot to our family, and it is really good. Just, It's good. It is, uh, it is like coming home uh, for us, and so... Um, it's just good. It's good to be here. I'm all jacked up. I'm just all, <laughs> whew. Um, you know, and I had a normal Sunday morning, you know, I, uh, I got my sermon ready and I was pretty clear on what I wanted to say this morning and I went and at of course nine o'clock I went to print it and the printer was out of ink and um, and then so finally we got it printed, and at 9.20, I'm coming up uh, M15, and well, you know, you know what happened, a train comes. And so I texted Matt, and I said, Matt, I'm sorry, you know, I'm doing the one thing that I always hated that pastors did when I was the pastor of the church. You know, like, come on, get here a little early, you know, just, you know, but, you know, it's par for the course. We're all human, right, so... For those of you who, who don't know, as, as Gary mentioned, you know, I served here as pastor nearly 10 years, and my wife Eileen and I, we have three children. Our our oldest son, Stephen, he's a sophomore in college. Christina is a, a senior in high school, and Jordan is in eighth grade. And And so, like you, life is full and sometimes overflowing, if you know what I mean, right? And um, uh, the past two years, I've been working with uh, Free Methodist World Missions, which uh, this church would be affiliated with, and, and in that capacity, I interface with all levels of leadership and church leaders across the u s and, and some internationally to support efforts in such a way that that really helps to connect people 's people 's hearts who are here in the u s with god 's heart for the world and uh, and so uh, my family and I actually still live here in Davison, and a guy by the name of David Hoyce, David and Katie attend and usually come to the first service. David uh, has provided space for me to to have an office, and uh, so I work out of that space as well as commute to, from time to time to Indianapolis, uh, Indiana. Well, uh, as I said, um, I'm a little jacked up this morning. It's been a while since I spoke in this kind of setting, so. I hope you will enjoy indulge me for a couple of hours, and uh, and uh, I've got lots to think about, lots to say, and uh, they may not necessarily be in that order, and um, and um, but I want to be, I just want to assure you that we will get out by 4:40 because we all know that that's when the Detroit Lions play, right. And we all know that that takes priority, at least in my life. I don't know about yours. So, um, but in all seriousness, I, I do want to speak to you. I want to, I want to draw your attention to God this morning. So I invite you to turn with me to God and the words found in Luke chapter 11. And I, I believe that you'll find them on or near page 1029 in the Blue Bibles where you're, where you're seated, page ten. 29. And this morning I want to talk to you about cultivating a prayerful spirit in your life. Pastor Gunn asked me to speak to you about prayer in preparation for what's a very important week in the life of this church. And, and it's a time of prayer and a time where we focus. In fact, I want to draw attention. I know Pastor Gary's already mentioned this. I'm going to mention it a couple more times. But uh, I want you to grab a hold of this insert that's in your worship folder this morning. And I want you to become participants in the journey of prayer this week. It's vital to your life. It's vital to others sitting around you. It's vital to the church. It's vital to the community. During the the past couple of years, and just by the way, I had you turn to that page. just hold it for a moment okay but during the the past couple of years i 've had much needed time and space uh, to to reflect on my own faith journey and to consider what it really means to be a, a follower of jesus and um, I've learned and, and have come to believe that, that there are really some fundamental qualities or attitudes that that we need to cultivate in our lives if we're going to experience the blessed life that, that Jesus wants us to experience and ultimately if our life is going to make the difference in this world that God wants to use us to make that difference with. And, and uh, you know, I, I have to tell you that... Um, Again, you know, these are my thoughts. I've had some space. I think the church makes it way, we, the church, makes it way too complicated for ourselves. And um, so um, this is not what I'm going to speak on. I'm just going to give you these to you free. okay? Um, so one of one of those qualities is is what I would reference as a teachable spirit a teachable spirit. When I say that, I'm talking about being a lifelong learner, a person who actively engages his or or her mind in what the scriptures say, a person who is a student of life and in tune with what is happening around the world, an individual who seeks to understand the lives of others who may be radically different from yours. A man or woman who learns from his or her life's experiences, whether those experiences are good, bad, or incredibly ugly. You see, when you have a teachable spirit, even the most feared or unwanted outcomes in your life can be transformed into good. That's what the Bible says, right? In Romans 8.28, that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. But I want you to understand, that promise... That promise can only be realized in your life and mine if we are willing to grow and to be students of life. Familiarity. Familiarity is the great enemy of your faith. The more you become familiar with the journey of walking with God, the more you will struggle. What you already know will always compete with what you need to learn. That's a teachable spirit. Here's another quality. It's a hospitable spirit. When I say hospitable spirit, I mean opening your life up to to other people around you. For those who identify as Jesus followers, this this really should be the normative in our lives. It's, It's possible for an individual, a family, or a group of people to actually move through life being completely exclusive of others around them. The single most compelling to me, the single most compelling characteristic of Jesus' life is how he broke down relational barriers. He opened up his life for all. You and I, the religious and non-religious, the somebodies and nobodies, those who had much and those who had very little. A, hospital, a hospitable spirit in your life might mean, you know, inviting someone from church you don't know over for dinner. That could be something. It might mean going out for a cup of coffee with a coworker. It could be as basic as creating space for conversation with the person who will serve you a meal at the restaurant or take your cash in the checkout lane. You see, hospitality rec- recognizes that knowing someone's name and, and a bit of their story is a privilege. It's about sharing love in, in practical ways. Romans 12, 9 through 13 says it this way Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly and sisterly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality. That's what the scriptures say. Here's one more before we get to the message. And that has to do with what I would call a generous spirit. And this goes way beyond your money. It includes your money and it includes your material possessions, but also has to do with how you choose to give of your time and abilities for the benefit of others and ultimately for the glory of God. A generous spirit has to do with living your life in such a way that you give more than you take. You know, I, I personally don't believe there's really in this life there's anything such as balance. You know, we always talk about got to get balance in my life. I don't think there's such a thing as balance. I think the pursuit of wholeness is simply about giving more than you take in this life. And that puts you on the path to experiencing more than you ever imagined. You see, your tools are not just for you to use, but for others to borrow, use, and maybe even break. (laughs) Your smile is not just for your enjoyment, but for the encouragement of others who who maybe are having a hard time smiling. You see, you give others a portion of your best, not what's used, worn out, or just your leftovers. Psalm 112.5 says, "...good will come to the person who is generous." and lends freely. I really believe in these, these sort of qualities as I've been pondering them and thinking on them and writing about them. In order to create movement in our lives, to experience more of God on our, in a daily basis, uh, we don't have to be bionic. We don't have to be a superhero or, or be special in terms of how the world defines it if we cultivate that teachable, hospitable, generous spirit, we will be amazed at how dynamic our life will become. And here's something I really believe, that many of us want more out of this life than what we're getting. But, here's where we come. The keystone quality is in cultivating this prayerful spirit. A prayerful spirit that recognizes that wherever we are, God is with us recognizing that we need Him more than anything else. Let's read from Luke chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. And as we read down through this passage, I just want you to to observe and think about the dialogue that's happening here. I also want you to focus in on how it characterizes God, because that's an important part of our developing a prayerful spirit in our own lives. Verse 1, chapter 11, Luke Suppose you have a friend and and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on the journey has come to me and and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Jesus said in verse 8, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity." He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, verse 9, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And Jesus concludes, Which of you fathers, if your son... Ask for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now think about these words for a moment. First of all, I want us to recognize that in the very beginning, it talks about how Jesus had gone and He had gone to pray in a particular place. I mean, one of the characteristics of Jesus' life, if you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is this interesting dynamic. This, this man who was fully divine, fully human, he had a prayerful spirit, and he often would withdraw himself from crowds to go pray in the morning. Or he would pray with people, or sometimes he would go and during the day, or even at night. The Scriptures describe character, characterized times where he goes and, and sought out God for wisdom, sought out God for guidance in his life. And um, one of the powerful things about this, right, is so, so if we if we cultivate a prayerful spirit in our own lives, it makes us like Jesus. And that's the goal of our faith. It makes us just like Jesus. That's why this is so valuable to us. And, and then Jesus goes on and, and Jesus uh, gives a, a basic sort of a, what this account shows is it's a revised version of what most of us know as the Lord's Prayer, right? And, and so Jesus focuses first on, on God because he's the primary focus or should be of our lives. And then Jesus identifies that, that it's not just about God creating a kingdom someplace else, but that God wants us to experience in some way, some glimpse of heaven, some part of his kingdom here and now in our daily lives. And then he goes on to characterize some of those needs in our lives about the the provision of God in our lives, the spiritual battle that we deal with and temptations around us. As we as we look at this, I want us to to consider our inner longings, our view of God, and literally the the rhythm of our daily lives. Because I think if you can gain a, a new perspective on those things, you will find new motivation. and and power within yourself to pray and to talk with God. Within each one of us is an inner longing to to make sense of our life in relationship to the world around us. I mean, we all have this inner longing. And so one way to cultivate a prayerful spirit is to understand those inner longings, to tap into them, to gain an understanding of them. And why am I here? What difference does my life make? How does my life here, however it's defined and we got a whole lot of different lives here defined this morning how does that re- how, how do i relate to all that which is, which is around me and within each one of us is this inner longing to belong to someone and something a community that is bigger than our individual self bigger than our family bigger than what our life consists of our work our possessions and our daily routines and within each one of us is an inner longing to become our very best self. And that is true in terms of the person that we are as a spouse, a parent, a son or daughter, a friend, a student, an employee. You see, within every human being, and I believe this, it's part of how God created us is this inner longing to be able to make sense of this life in relationship to the world, to, un- to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. Because, you know, I mean, if you hang out with yourself long enough, you get bored, right? <laughs> and becoming the person that we were created to be. I mean, our very best self, you know, this image that comes to our minds that when at the end of our lives, you know. just Here's a spiritual exercise for you. is just to, to consider what you will be like. You know, I, I think about um, my life as an old man. I do. I I envision. I envision that, and I think, okay. Who I? What will I be like? Who will others say I am? How will they describe me? (laughs) You know, will I be a bitter, grumpy old man? (laughs) I don't want to be that, but I could be, right? I could become that. Will I be a man of faith, or will I live in fear? Will I be a person that people say, wow, that's a man of love or grace. That's a man who is faithful. I mean, think about that for your own life. And realize that, that, that ultimately the person that God wants you to become is tied into these inner longings that he's put in there. You were created in the image of God. And part of that image is these inner longings that you have within yourself. And if you can tap into those and understand those, those can motivate you to seek God in new ways, and to be someone you never imagined that you could become. Another way to cultivate a prayerful spirit is to focus on the goodness of God. So let's just ponder here a little bit. If I were to ask how many of you have something in your life that you really need to pray about, it's likely that all of us would raise our hand. If I were to ask how many of you know someone who could really use prayer right now, I'm sure you could identify one or two names. And it's also likely true, if I were to ask how many of you believe you could pray more, (laughs) many would say, yeah, yeah. One of the barriers that I've discovered uh, in, in my own faith journey and in my own life, it has to do with my view of God and how I view his goodness. Look, look with me at the story Jesus shares in verse 5. Jesus said to them, he said, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. The guy obviously wasn't a college student. Uh, a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of the friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. And so we see the storyline here, right? A guy has a need that has come into his life. And so he thinks of a friend and says, hey, I'm going to go next door or I'm going to go down the block. And I'm going to knock on that guy's door and I'm going to ask him if he can help me. And... Um, the thing that most people do is they, as they look at this passage is they, they think of it in terms of how they use this story to encourage boldness or persistence in our life. And certainly those are qualities that, that are important. But, but I want us to see something deeper. And to contrast the human experience that Jesus describes between these two men and who God truly is. You see, when we bring our needs to God, we don't have to come begging or hoping to wake God up. In fact, the Bible makes it clear that God never sleeps nor slumbers. He is always at work, always available to us, always wanting to give of Himself of, to us. God doesn't give to us grudgingly. And so what we see here is a contrast between the human experience of how we often relate to each other as man-to-man, woman-to-woman, however you want to call that, okay? Okay? And how God relates to us in His humanity. God's different. God's different. God God wants us to be persistent. God wants us to be bold. But God wants us to know His goodness is greater than we can ever understand or imagine as human beings. And Jesus goes on to say in verse 9, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you're evil, how, know how to give a good gift to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now perhaps you're like me in this way. If you were really honest, you would say that God is good, and all good things come from God. But maybe deep down, you doubt His goodness. You wrestle with your view of God. You know, you've experienced some painful loss in your life, or have been hurt in some way, or you know someone who has that you love deeply, and so those experiences cause you to question, God, are you really who you say you are? Or perhaps you are suspicious of God's goodness. There there's been, have been certain commitments that you have made in your life. You, you gave something, you, all that you had, but the outcome has been radically different from what you expected. That could be true of a relationship or your work situation, for example. I mean, really, how many of us, how many of us have had that moment when we wonder to ourselves, how in the world did I get here? you ever have that I mean really like how in the world did uh, man, this just did not work according to my formula <laughs> we can cultivate a prayerful spirit by understanding and focusing on the goodness of God maybe maybe you need to pray lord i surrender my life to you. And, and that song, Lord, I need you. Oh, Lord, I need you. It need, it, you know in your heart it needs to become more than just words. More than just a melody. More than just something that you're you know, saying. But it, it connects somehow deep down in your, your inner being and you say, Lord, I surrender. I trust. I trust in you. I trust in your goodness. Now, besides our inner longings and God's goodness and how we, how we view I just really encourage you to reflect on those things. And let me encourage you that, that you know, if you maybe aren't where you think you ought to be, don't, don't sweat that. Just allow it to draw you closer to God. There's one more, and that has to do with, with the practice of prayer and, and how to, to weave it into the rhythm of your life. There's certainly times where you you set aside times, you know, for some people that's in the morning, some people it's at night, and uh, and I'm not speaking against that. That's very good. But I want to talk about weaving this prayerful spirit throughout the day of your life. The practice of prayer doesn't resolve everything in your lives. I I need to say that up front. Um, It just doesn't. Because there are things that life throws you that are curveballs. But it helps you. It helps us to cultivate a greater awareness that wherever we are, whatever we're going through, whomever we are relating to, whenever there is a need, God is with us. It helps us connect to that reality. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Prayer is something that, that we can practice throughout our daily lives. So here's some, here's some just ideas and thoughts and ways that, that I, I try to do this. Um, think of prayer in terms of times in your day. So I'm just trying to give you a perspective. So think of it in terms of times in your day, okay? So when you awake in the morning, just before you get out of bed, and you are placing your feet on the floor, just, you, know, you know that moment? Where you're like, oh, man, I can't believe i got to get up. <laughs> well, before you roll out and throw yourself on the floor, sit up. Just sit up and let your feet, now my feet don't hang off the edge because I'm too tall, but, but let them dangle there. And then as your feet touch the floor, ask God, invite him to direct the steps of your day. Or maybe in your commute to work, could be a, that could be a prayer time where you turn the radio off and you talk with God about what lies ahead, you, ahead of you in that day. Or you, you, know, you might use a break time in your work day to go to a quiet place and to just talk with God about whatever the concerns are in your heart. And listen, whatever the need is, don't be afraid of the needs in your life. Allow those needs to press you toward the presence of God and your awareness of Him. At night, when you're about to go to sleep, as you close your eyes, place certain people or certain needs before Him. You know, I'm, I'm often surprised when I'm struggling with something really personal, right? Where I'm wrestling with something, or maybe I got to do something, and I can't figure it out. And so I ask God, God, would you please work in this? And I'm always amazed that oftentimes when I wake up in the morning, I often wake up and often I have the answer, or the circumstances or situations actually have changed and God's already been at work. Why is that? Because when we stop doing, God never does. He never sleeps nor slumbers, right? That's what the Scriptures say. So when we lay down at night and go to sleep, God stays at it. God's always at work. That's the goodness of God. But we have to embrace that. We have to believe and trust Him in that. Think of prayer in terms of names. You know, when a, a person's name comes to mind, don't just assume that it's a coincidence, but that God wants you to pray for him. Recently, there was a name that God kept bringing to my mind. To, he happened to be a pastor, and, um, and so the Lord brought me said, this name in my mind, and so I tried to, I said, okay. So I stopped just what I was doing, and I prayed for him. And then the next day, the Lord brought his name back. I was like, okay. So I prayed for him again. And the third day, it came again. And finally, I said, man, something's going on. Because God doesn't usually bring people back like three or four days in a row, right? That, I mean, that's just for me, personally. And uh, so finally, I, so I called the guy. And I said, dude, I don't want to weird you out. But this is what's been happening. And so, you know, maybe it's just me. You know, maybe it's the bad pizza I ate. I don't know, you know. I mean, I, I try to use a little, you know, make it on me, not him. And, uh, and he says, no. He says, I, I need to get together. I need to talk to somebody. I said, okay, you know. <sighs> right? I mean, I, I hung up that phone. And, and what was really cool is we did. Three days later, we got together. And the truth is, is sure, I invested something in his life. But you know what? I came away from that conversation feeling like God had invested something in me. beautiful thing think of prayer in terms of names think of prayer in terms of pictures um you know the the other day i was in my son's room because we set the ironing board up in there and um, and uh my son who's in college and uh, and i was ironing a shirt and i looked over my shoulder and i saw a picture of my son And so I prayed for him. Ask God to pour out his life-giving, comforting, transforming spirit in his life, you know? Pictures, right? So when you see, when you see pictures of people, allow God to inspire you. Or when you see, like, like one of the things that I I don't do this every time, but as I drive down the street and I pass by the church, especially this church, I always. Pray for the pastors, and always pray for the brothers and sisters. Just, just I, I use it as a trigger. Or when I'm passing by the schools, I, naturally I think of my kids because they're in school, and I pray for teachers, and I pray for the children, and I pray for the administrators. Forget all the hogwash about whether or not we can pray in school. Just Pray. God's not limited to a space. But you've got to cultivate that spirit within you. Think of, think of prayer in terms of sounds. You know, sometimes I find myself inspired by a particular song. I don't know, that just gets me moving and rocking or something. I don't know. But it causes me to think about something in a certain way. And I pray. Each week, each week, my neighbors and I put out our trash bins for collection. And so when I hear my next-door neighbor hauling in the empty bin at night, you know what that sound is like? Can you hear it? When I hear that, I pray for my neighbor, Tommy. Tommy. You know, you know what I'm saying? So you, you connect, connect this to your daily life. Connect it to, to the symbols and sounds of your life. And all of a sudden, it, it takes it from this abstract concept that only certain people can do really well, and it brings it into your daily life. And all of a sudden, you realize you don't have to be exceptional because God created this as, as, as a gift for ordinary people like you and I. And here's the beauty of it. Jesus said the promise. Jesus said, and if you ask, the Father will give of His Holy Spirit. God will give of His Holy Spirit into your life. Allow for the practices of prayer to be specific to who you are and the rhythms of your life. Prayer has, to, has more to do with attitude than what you say. Prayer has more to do with your posture. And when I say by posture, what I mean is, is sort of how you, you know, you can stand against something or you can stand in something, right? But it has more to do with your posture in terms of how you're standing than what you do. Think of prayer. Think of prayer like this as an opportunity to be a student and to learn something new. Think of prayer as hospitality, where you're welcoming God to work in and through your life. Think of prayer as generosity, where you have the opportunity to give something supernatural to others and this world. So I want to I conclude by asking you these questions as I'm prone to do. How is your spirit this morning? Really? How is your spirit? Do you have a teachable spirit? Are you still seeking to grow and learn or has your familiarity caused you to assume and to stop growing? Do you have a hospitable spirit? How open are you to the presence of God and to others? Remember, some of you will remember the New Testament story where Jesus comes and and Jesus does a miracle. He he actually delivers this man who was demon-possessed. You remember the New Testament story where the the demons they, they ran and they got inside the pigs? And they caused the pigs to go all run into the water and kill themselves. Had a little effect on the economy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but here was what was wild is those people asked Jesus to leave. Leave. We don't want you here. Because you're messing with our lives. <laughs> you know? Listen, if you're gonna be hospitable in your spirit god's going to mess with your life but don't fear that walk into it do you have a generous spirit how do you how do you view what you have is it yours is it really yours do you think it will be yours at the end just wondering I encourage all of us to, to cultivate a prayerful spirit, seek to understand your inner longings, trust in the goodness of God, and to practice prayer throughout your daily life. You can do this. You can do this. So in just a moment, we're going to close with the worship song. And so the worship team is going to come now and, um, and prepare uh, to lead us in a song. But what I want us to do is uh, is to to just pause, and I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you uh, this morning. I encourage you to, once again, take out this, this insert where it talks about the week of prayer. And, you know, this morning, Sunday, January 4th, it talks about worshiping the Lord, which is in part what we've been doing here this morning, recognizing the presence of God. And I just want to lead us through this prayer as a model for us to, to help us uh, focus on Him. Will you pray with me, please? Holy Father, in the gentleness of this time, the holiness of this moment. I ask that You would pour out Your Spirit on each person here, Lord God. What comes to mind, Lord, is the early days of creation when, when the Holy Spirit hovered over what was nothing, and Lord, You spoke and brought into to being something incredible. Lord God, I pray that You would just right now minister to the very deep needs, the inner longings of people's hearts. Lord, we worship You and praise You. We praise You because You are a holy and awesome God. You're great in mercy. Great in grace. Grace that we can't fully comprehend. Great in in love. And Your abiding presence is so mysterious. Yet real. So we worship you and we confess our need of you, Lord. And we want for the words that we sing and the words that we say, we desire for them to be true, true and real. We want to be authentic, Lord God. We don't want to be just a shell of ourselves. Lord, thank You. Thank You for all the ways You have been kind and good to us. Thank You for the ways You've created us. That You didn't just create us as sort of this neutral being, but You, you created us in Your image and in such a way that, that these longings exist, that they're real. And we confess, Lord, that sometimes we, we seek to fulfill those inner longings in ways that, that are unhealthy that are not what You would want for us, and they lead us down very destructive paths. But Lord, we thank You for the hope and the assurance that You give us that if we cry out to You, if we pour our hearts out to You, that You hear our cries, that You answer our prayers, that You you may not change every situation that we have in our lives but You can give us the strength and the hope and the persistence and the perspective to keep on keeping on to love in ways that maybe few can ever love. And Lord, I pray for this church. I pray for, for Pastor Glenn. I pray for Pastor Gary. For Pastor Matt. I pray for all the team, all the staff. Lord, Speak to them. Give them a dream. Give them the dream that you have for this place, here and now, 2015 and beyond. And for the people of the church, Lord God, help us. Help us to, to be people who have a prayerful spirit, teachable, hospitable, and generous. Help us to believe that, Lord God, we don't need to be inside a building in order to make a difference but that we can pray and that your spirit can penetrate to the depths of every human heart. Transform our lives, transform our families. Lord, would you transform our community and our world. And help us to realize at the end of the day, it's what You are what we need. Christ alone. That's what what we need. Nothing more, but nothing less. And we pray these things in your holy name. Amen.